Hello and welcome to the Anvil podcast from Church's Bookshop. That's Linda. That's Georgia. And that's Andrew. And just a reminder, as always, that the bookshop's an ecumenical organisation, but none of us speak for any particular organisation or denomination. We're just three friends chatting off the top of our head. And before we get started this week, it's a very special day, isn't it, Georgia? Absolutely. Massively. It's massively important because our dear friend Linda has her birthday today. Woo! Yay! Have you had a good day, Linda? Yeah, it's been ace. It's been a different one for sure, but it's been good. Normally we'd have probably had like a a Christmas-themed birthday party for you or something, <laughs> but we can't really be around there this time, so we'll have to say happy birthday over Zoom. I should have made decorations. We could have decorated behind us. I didn't think. This is a podcast. The listeners cannot see behind us. No, but Linda would have been able to see. Yeah, poor effort, guys. I would really appreciate some some decorations to look at. (laughs) Maybe we'll have to do some next week as a a belated birthday. That means you get two birthdays. (gasps) Two birthdays. That sounds good. As long as that doesn't make me like another year older, because that would be a bit scary. I don't think that's how it works. I just turned 28. I don't want to turn 29 as well. That's fair enough, I think. Maybe if you have two, they can't bleach you for out when you go back to being 27. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you generally, Linda, other than being a year older? Yeah, pretty good. The flat's slightly tidier than it was this time last week. All the dishes are done. So I'm, I'm counting that as a, I'm winning at lockdown at the moment. How about you guys? All our dishes are not done. <laughs> and the house is a little messier than it was this time last week. Yeah, I think it probably is actually. I'm halfway through cleaning out the cupboard under the stairs, which means there's stuff everywhere. Other than that, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. Rest been... assured, this is a very rare thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it's been... It's, it's... Lockdown's interesting, isn't it? Because good weeks and bad weeks kind of... Yeah, they, it's, you don't have a set week, so I don't tend to have a good week. I just have good times and bad times, and I don't know what day it is or what time it is or what century, really. But yeah, it's been it's been interesting, and we're starting to look at, at government advice here on the island that's saying that the bookshop might be able to reopen its doors in a limited capacity fairly soon. So that's fairly exciting. That's very exciting. It is. I think we were the last Christian bookshop in the British Isles to close our doors because for any listeners who aren't from the Isle of Man, the island has done very well at containing the spread and we got the virus quite late. And so we were the last Christian bookshop to close our doors because the restrictions came later. And it's looking like we may be the first to reopen, which is, you know, a a real blessing for us. I think it's going to be really strange, though, particularly because... It will be sort of more normal than it is now, but very much not normal. So it will almost be like a new reality to adjust to again, I think. Linda, last week you kind of set us a bit of a challenge, didn't you? I did. It was to do with keeping a log of what media we are consuming over the week. So how did we all get on with that? Well, I completed a log. It's a little vague and I'm not going to read it out on the podcast, but I did keep a log and I thought it was really interesting. I think I was the opposite in that I possibly took this a bit too seriously and I have a very detailed log, (laughs) which I also won't bore you with. This sums up our marriage perfectly. (laughs) Yeah, mine was a very general log. I kind of looked back on my week and went, how many episodes of what did I consume? And I honestly don't know how I found the time to fit in over 24 hours of just episodes of one particular program it's crazy really but I think a lot of that is just having things on in the background say on my day off while I'm crafting sometimes I need that little like motivation to 
do the washing up. So I'll put episodes of something on and just leave it on the on the side while I work through a mountain of washing up. It's amazing how much washing up one person can create on their own in a flat. I know what you mean. I think, you know, you can, particularly during lockdown, it's so easy to consume so much more media of, of various kinds. I think partly that's also because we're used to a very busy, loud world. And I know I'm not very good at adapting to a quiet world. Hence my mini meltdown when I dropped my phone in a bucket of water that I was using to change fish tank water with. Oh, that's so unfortunate right now. Yeah. So my phone nearly landed on a fish's head and is currently in a bucket of rice. I will find out after we finish recording whether it works. Let's hope rice can create miracles. I'll be uh, praying about that one. Might well be worth it. But I found from looking at what I was consuming, I was actually surprised by how little Christian content I consumed. So stuff that's explicitly Christian, whether that's books, TV, podcast, music. I actually only did a couple of, of things that were explicitly Christian during the, the week. I guess I always thought that I conceived more than that, and maybe I do some weeks. It was a particularly sort of barren week for that. But I found it interesting that there were very few, but I can markedly remember those times, and they were both times I remember as high points during the week. One thing I realised was I listened to a lot more radio than I thought I listened to. I think that's because, like Linda was saying, I'm doing washing up or cooking or baking. I tend to have it on in the background. Okay, let's just, I think it has to be in front there. Which radio station do we all listen to most? I know your answer, Georgia. But Linda, what radio station? Do you listen to the radio at all? I only listen to it in the car because now I can drive. I just passed my test, like literally just before lockdown happened. So that's very exciting. I tend to listen to Radio 1 for the most part when I'm in the car, unless I'm driving at night when Radio 1 is all just like dance music. So then I tend to switch to Classic FM. Georgia? This week, at least, it's been all Radio 4 Expert I was listening to. So lots of, like, plays and short stories and stuff. We're both the very rare breed of millennial who listen to Radio 4 or 4 Extra. I listen to Radio 4 mostly when I do listen to the radio. And I actually enjoy Gardner's Question Time. I don't know if that's a shameful thing or not. No, it's the Archers that would be shameful. I'm going to be pillowy for that one. (laughs) (laughs) I always used to listen to more radio when I was at uni and I got homesick. So I just put on, like, Manx Radio (laughs) from my little student house in wales yeah i sometimes listen to caleb which is a american christian radio station that i used to listen to when i lived in the states and i listen to that when i miss america it's a little like i don't know if it's homesick because it wasn't it's not my home but you know what i mean <laughs> where were we we were talking about something to do with oh media. i was saying i listened to too much <laughs> That was the the impetus oh, yeah. of all this. Um, but yeah, generally, I think I agree with you, Andrew. I don't think I listened, well, consumed generally as much Christian content as I like to think I do. I did. I listened to the Methodist podcast, like a good Methodist. And I did read one Christian book. Well, start to read one Christian book. I haven't finished it yet. I think, though, for me, I think I go through phases where sometimes I'll have a week or two where I consume probably almost exhaustively Christian media and then I'll have kind of a dry spell for a while and it probably has something to do with like where I am emotionally I think. Yeah I didn't think that I'd really consumed that much specifically Christian media this week other than that I did listen back to our podcast episode from last week just to check that I didn't say anything too heretical you know but actually when I think about it does church count because i live streamed church like now that counts as content right and also watched another service online and i've read from the bible that it doesn't get much more christian than that 
And then I got to a kind of problematic passage. So I Googled it and then I read a whole article about the thing that I'd read and then it made a lot more sense. So then I was quite happy with what I'd read. You definitely get points for that, I feel. Thank you. Yeah, that's like hardcore Christian <laughs> media. I'm going to confess something now. I didn't read my Bible this week. I think that's something I'm finding finding difficult at the moment. But I did read a fantastic book and I'm going to plug it because we are nominally from a bookshop. I read a book called Inspired by Rachel Held Evans. It's uh, published by Thomas Nelson and the uh, tagline is Slaying Giants, Walking on Water and Loving the Bible Again. It's all about the story of this woman who sort of grown up with a, a very literal understanding of the Bible and how she sort of fell in love with it again once she'd grown up and, and felt like she couldn't sustain the literal interpretations herself. And it's just all about falling in love with the Bible for what it is. And yeah, it's a fantastic book. And I read that outside in the sun with a barbecue on. You know, it was it was really inspiring read. <laughs> it's called Inspired. That was actually not intentional. But yeah, it was a really great read. And yeah, I found that really uplifted me. I think one thing I did notice was that in a lot of the non-specifically Christian stuff I consumed, I did notice Christian themes. And I think I realised kind of that perhaps my worldview does impact everything I'm consuming. And there were some elements where I watched some things where they weren't specifically Christian, but I was quite surprised to find some Christian content in them. But there were other places where it's not that it was explicitly Christian stuff coming up, but it was stuff coming up that was making me reflect on my face. So I think there was something interesting about how, how that worldview impacts the way you consume everything, not just specifically Christian stuff. Yes, definitely. would agree with that. So out of obviously being more aware of what we've watched, listened to, read this week, is there anything that we've found particularly helpful or unhelpful to our faith in terms of what we've consumed? I guess I already touched on it a bit that I found the, the book really, really helpful and really yeah, inspirational and sort of helped build up, build up my faith. Don't know if I found anything particularly unhelpful. There was stuff that did not particularly help, but it didn't tear it down either. It was stuff that kind of was, was neutral to my faith. For me, a lot of stuff I watch, yeah, it's not building up my faith because it's not about my faith in that way. It's, you know, just watching something that I just want something lighthearted. I want to have a laugh or I want to learn something. And those things, I wouldn't call them unhelpful. They're just kind of neutral. So I didn't personally find anything unhelpful. I think one thing I found specifically quite helpful was I watched Russell Howard's Home Time. And in one of the episodes I watched this week, he interviewed Governor B, who performed his new song, which is a Christian song. And I wasn't expecting on Russell Howard's Home Time to come across Christian content. And it was really a very, it's uplifting is the right word, but it was it was a, a song that, that feels very right for the moment and for all we're going in and really spoke to me. So that was like a nice unexpected moment of feeding into my face. I think I've found that I've become more aware of how I use media. I mentioned before that I'll use it sometimes so that I have a distraction. If there's something that I really don't want to do, then I can try and make it a bit more enjoyable by putting a series on while I do my washing up or fold my laundry or whatever it could be, which I think is a really quite a good way for me to use it but then sometimes I'm aware that if I'm spending too much time watching sort of fairly mindless tv it can make me feel a lot lower in my mood without any obvious explanation because it's not like there's anything wrong with what I'm watching 
but that being quite mindless is not very helpful. And sometimes I just need a, a break from all of the noise to just be. But then I think when I'm trying to relax, it's interesting that I now turn to more sort of crime drama, relationship drama, that kind of episodes of things where there's lots of twists and wondering what's going to happen next and trying to work things out as you watch. And I think that's just because it is the opposite effect where you have to be mindful of what you're watching and you're paying attention. And I think I've been found finding that quite helpful, which is interesting because some of the themes can be quite dark, but I'm feeling like I get more out of that and it's better for my overall mood than when I'm watching some inane comedy where all of the episodes resolve happily and then roll into the next one. Yeah, I'm definitely someone for whom silence is really important. I actually really struggle if I have like background noise on of any kind constantly. I find that my mood really slips. So it's definitely for me being mindful actually about how much I'm consuming and making sure that I don't always have something playing on in the background that I kind of can sometimes just be focused on one thing that I'm doing and not need to have that background noise. And I think sometimes I can kind of run the risk of almost drowning God's voice out as well because I've got so much that I'm putting into me that I'm not leaving space for that. Yeah, you married the wrong guy. I always need background <laughs> noise. Um, I think that's partly because I have Asperger's and so I sometimes quite like to have them to ground me a bit. And also just who I am. I, I like to have a lot of background noise on. But no, I, I did get what, what Lynn said about needing to be present in something and, and actually be mindful of it rather than just mindlessly. And I think that's definitely two different categories for me. When I want to be mindless, I mostly watch The Simpsons. I will admit to watching The Simpsons. But if I'm being feeling like I more want to watch something and actually engage with it, and this is equally, in some ways, quite a, a silly show, I watch The Grand Tour with who will forever be known as the Top Gear trio. And, you know, that is full of quite crude humour, ridiculous situations, awful jokes. But for me, it's something that I can I, I can engage my mind with enough. There's enough of interest in it without taxing it. And I think it's that middle line between when I want to, to really study something, when I want to just be in the background and when I need something that sort of will engage me and entertain me, but not, not take up my whole mind. Yeah, it's interesting because you mentioned some of the themes and some of the subject matter might not be wholly Christian, I guess you could say, of some things. And I'm sure we're all the same. We all have things that we watch where we're like, I don't agree with everything that's said or... I wouldn't show (laughs) But then I suppose it's also worth considering that we don't just absorb everything that we watch. There's, There's a filter there. Well, like we have a human mind created by God. We don't just watch things and become what we watch. You know, we can think about it and decide how we want to take it. I think that often we can be guilty of of worrying so much about absorbing all this stuff by osmosis that we kind of get het up over, oh, everything I consume must be perfect and feeding into my faith. And well, I think we we absolutely should be mindful, I think, of, of what we're consuming, you know, Maybe don't just only watch, you know, horror films because that might affect your mind. But be mindful about having kind of a balanced media diet. I've become the sort of person who says that. That's appalling. <laughs> um, we'll get you help. <laughs> but yeah, if you can can balance what you're you're watching and and trusting your mind as well to know when something's 
good or bad for you and to be able to watch things that you don't agree with i mean you get people get very upset over things that but i think oh, this is i don't because i don't agree with it basically and well just don't don't believe it then if if it's fiction treat it as fiction yeah i think something i'm very aware of personally is that it would be very easy for me to kind of retreat into a nice christian bubble where i feel safe and kind of everything i consume comes from my kind of point of view and worldview and everyone i talk to holds that same kind of set of beliefs and i think that's very much not what i'm called to and i don't want to disparage i think some people absolutely are called to live in in christian community and sometimes in an exclusively christian community but that's very much not what i'm called to do i think i should be existing more more roundly in the world without being of the world and i kind of have to be actually almost weirdly quite careful in the opposite direction sometimes that i'm not creating a bit of an echo chamber for myself and that i'm willing to expose myself to to viewpoints and material that i don't necessarily agree with my faith isn't so fragile that it can't take content outside of my own point of view if that makes sense amen <laughs> <laughs> so i wholeheartedly agree with what you were saying there, Georgia, about not wanting to live in an echo chamber. I think I would say that I've been a part of a culture, definitely growing up, where that was a very real thing. A lot of the people around me, a lot of my role models, were very black and white in their thinking and were very quick to say, this is okay, this is not okay. And, you know, at the age of 10... I was told to burn my Harry Potter books because they had opened a doorway to the devil in my life and they had brought me out in this infection called impetigo, which every 10-year-old gets. But clearly mine was caused by this doorway that I'd opened to the devil from reading a popular children's fantasy series, which, I mean, I, I yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I know that some people still would have a real problem with Harry Potter and like I wouldn't for a second say you should read it or equally I wouldn't say you mustn't read it I think we can be very quick to want to categorize things as you should read this you shouldn't read that you should watch this you shouldn't watch that as a Christian but I think kind of looking back now I can see that as as a 10 year old I had such a whole heart for Jesus and I think probably even more pure childlike faith than I maybe even do now. I was mortified to hear that I could have possibly done something to upset Jesus. I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I think sometimes there are things that affect different people in different ways. So at the age of 10, the message I had was you shouldn't read Harry Potter because it's written by someone who's probably dabbling in witchcraft and it's making everyone want to be witches and then you know I've heard the other arguments since you know I got out of that echo chamber and yeah very much came to see another point of view where maybe there are some parallels in this work of fantasy which isn't about you know the occult it's about a a fantasy version of witchcraft which is purely imagination and actually has some good morals, some good ethos in it. So so you could take either side. But I think there is something to this idea that some people can handle certain media 
differently to other people and that we should maybe let people make up their own minds. I mean, I also, as a child, met somebody who had said that she read Harry Potter and was genuinely interested in the occult as a result, which frightened me a lot. But I have since come to a point where I, I've been quite happy to read them all and watch all of the films again. And, and I've made my peace with it now. But then I think there's, there's certain things that I would read or watch that other Christians would not be okay with. And then there are other things that I know other Christians who read and watch that I would not be okay with. So what do you guys think? Is there specific stuff that Christians shouldn't be consuming or maybe just stuff that's just unhelpful in general? Point you made there, like you, if you want this person you met who took was taking Harry Potter very seriously to the point they might have, you know, they were interested in actually becoming a witch or, or whatever. I think that Harry Potter, as an example, is not in itself powerful enough to make someone who's a Christian turn into a witch. But where people might have doubts already, might already be struggling, it could push someone in a certain direction. I, I can't think of much stuff outside of very extreme things that I would say absolutely no Christians should not consume this. I think it comes down massively to your individual faith, your individual journey with God, and, and really where you feel where you're going to be able to consume things that will challenge you. I think we we should be careful not to only consume things that already confirm what we think, but we should also be mindful not to to consume things that will actually pull us away from faith in a really damaging way. Yeah, I think I pretty much agree. I think, like you said, you know, outside of like obviously really, really extreme stuff, I wouldn't say there's anything specifically that no Christian should be should be watching or reading or whatever the case is. But I think it's probably about being a bit self-aware and recognising when something is maybe a bit unhelpful to you, particularly unhelpful to your faith. And actually, even then, maybe not so much going, I just never watched it again, but thinking, what is it about this that I'm finding really challenging? And is there something I can do that's much more healthy and helpful to, to address that? Because I don't think I don't think it's a healthy faith that can't ask questions and can't be challenged. But it's, it's going, if this is unhelpful to me, why is that? And, and what could I, could, how could I approach that, I suppose? And I think we've got a good perspective on this in some ways as, as booksellers. You know, when we're, we're running the bookshop, we are making decisions about what books to supply or what books we don't stock. And there are, I always make the joke, there's a book in our shop to offend every Christian. And I think that's probably true because there are some Christians who are absolutely, for them, Rob Bell is, is evil. He's pulling people away from the true faith. But we stock Rob Bell. We also stock sort of more evangelical writers as well. We, we stock the wide range of, of things. And I think when we start sort of drawing these lines, we, we have to be careful not to draw the lines purely around our, what we ourselves are comfortable with or believe. Christianity is a broad spectrum. And maybe for some people, something like Love Wins is actually very helpful to their faith, while for other people, they wouldn't find it helpful. Yes, I'm so glad that you say you have something in the shop to offend every Christian. Because I, I think that's important, you know? Like, I think that we need to be exposed to other viewpoints. And I think that that's sometimes the most helpful thing you can do for a Christian. Because if you are spending all of the time being surrounded by only your very narrow 
view of what Christianity is, then if something happens to shake any element of that, then where can you land? Or does the whole thing just come crashing down? That's something that is really important to me. And and I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people about this. Particularly, it seems to be, because the, the Isle of Man, you don't have your 18 to 30s in very much supply. There seems to be kind of an age gap because we have no universities here. So a lot of people find that you can have one experience up until the end of high school. And then if you go away to uni, it's a a completely fresh start and you don't know anybody and you can almost reinvent yourself. And I know I've had conversations with a lot of people who've found that transition really difficult if they've been brought up a certain way and not exposed to other viewpoints than going to uni and suddenly there's nobody who's exactly like you and there's nobody who really understands you and where you're coming from. And and I, I know for some Christians that I've spoken to in particular, when you then go to the Christian union and you think, okay, here are going to be my people who speak my language, who understand where I'm coming from. And then they do things differently, like... They seem to be playing sport on a Sunday or they have differing views than you do on abortion or on what what is and isn't okay. That can really shake people's faith. And so I think that, yeah, it's important to be exposed to other viewpoints. And I think maybe that's something that Christian media is is really good for. Yeah, I would say one thing I've learned since starting to work at the bookshop is how often there are people who really don't realize how broad the spectrum broad of a spectrum Christianity is I mean I think because I kind of been to various different denominations before I started working there I had a relatively good idea already although certainly my job there has opened my eyes even wider to, to sort of what a broad spectrum it is but through sort of customers that I dealt with and so on I've become aware that some people can spend their entire life in one denomination and not actually realise that what other denominations believe is very, very different to them in some areas. You know, I think when we talked about denominations ages ago, I sort of said that I see a lot of strength in them and I really do, but sometimes that's a weakness where it can draw kind of lines between us so that we actually don't, Not it's not just that we don't recognise what we have in common, we also don't recognise what we disagree on and we don't recognise that this view that seems really obviously false to us is quite acceptable and the other kind of parts of the Christian umbrella. I once had a customer who'd brought a particular book on a subject that is quite controversial within Christianity. And I, it's a customer I know quite well. I know her background. And if it had been me who'd been in the shop the day she brought it, I probably would have guided her away from it because I sort of was aware it wasn't something she would probably agree with. But it was a different member of staff who'd sold it to her. And she came back in, I mean, she was really, really nice about it, but she was really shocked that we were selling it because she hadn't realised that any Christian would accept it as a valid viewpoint. And so she was really, really shocked and I think quite disappointed to find we've been selling it. And our standard line whenever anyone complains about something that we're stocking is we're an ecumenical shop, so we cater to the whole spectrum of Christian belief and there's things in here I don't agree with, there's things in here everyone wouldn't agree with. But I found that that line didn't work because I said that to her and she said, but how could any denomination believe this is true? It's not biblical. And I was sort of going, but that depends upon your interpretation of the Bible. And she was going, but you can't interpret the Bible. There's only one way to interpret the Bible. And she genuinely hadn't encountered the fact that different people do have different interpretations of some passages and different beliefs drawn from that. 
So it was almost impossible to have the conversation with her because you didn't have that basic kind of knowledge of different Christians do believe different things, even on stuff that feels really kind of core and central to you. George, I remember you telling me about about that. And I think, as I said, Christian retail gives a really good perspective on what what people are being told, oh, you shouldn't read this, you should read this or whatever. From some customers who come in and ask this, would, I, would my minister agree with me reading this? Our answer is normally, well, we don't know, so we don't know your minister. What a question. <laughs> I know, and even if we did, well, I'd recommend reading stuff your minister doesn't agree with occasionally. But then also, even in the wider Christian world, I, I don't know if you remember when The Shack came out as a film recently and, and a book a bit before that. I've read it, I don't know, Belinda, have you read it? No, just extracts. Well, for me, I found it a really helpful book. I thought it was fantastic. But even before I had read it, I had heard all sorts about how it was drawing people away from God. It was not accurate. And I read it and I kind of went, but it's a story. It's fiction. It's trying to explore a truth of God through a story. So it doesn't bother me that in in the shack, God is portrayed as a black woman. Because it's not saying that God is a black woman. It's saying that in this story, that is how God is, is portraying himself, herself, to, to the protagonist. And, you know, when, when there are any major issues of theology, it is, I'd argue, not, at least not wide of the mark. But I wasn't using it as a theological textbook. And I think that's where, when we're consuming media, we have to be conscious of what are we actually treating it as. Because if you read Harry Potter and treat it as a, a manual for witchcraft, it's going to damage you. Yeah, like all those poor kids on their 11th birthday waiting for their letter from Hogwarts. If you read it as a fun-filled fantasy story, you're going to treat it as fiction and, hope, and presumably not carry as much of it into, into real life. The same with The Shack. You know, I read it and it really informed my faith and it really helped me to sort of deepen my relationship with God. I think those that were railing against it, I, I kind of went, well... If you're reading it and expecting a, a textbook, then of course you're not going to be happy because that's not what it is. I think we've played a bit there, haven't we, into saying that that as well as kind of should we be consuming non-Christian media and being careful about what non-Christian media we consume, but saying that maybe sometimes there's an angle placed on us even within Christian media to be careful what we're assuming, what we're consuming, not assuming. And that maybe with all of that, it's about a personal viewpoint being personally aware of what's helpful to you what's damaging to you and balancing that with not placing yourself in an echo chamber either of a particular christian viewpoint or just of a christian viewpoint as a whole so do you guys think you've got anything sort of big you're going to do differently after after our week's experiment i think i'm going to try and cut down the amount of mindless stuff that i watch when i'm not doing something like cutting out the mindless stuff that I use to switch off my mind. I think I appreciated that because we were keeping the media diary, I was being more mindful about, not asking about what I was consuming, because I didn't want to kind of bias the results, but about, I suppose, how, how what I was consuming was affecting me. And I actually found that in itself quite helpful, that I sort of noticed if something was maybe affecting my mental health in a negative way or a positive way or affecting my face in a negative way or a positive way. So I think I'd like to just try and be more more aware when I am watching something is this actually something that's helpful to me or is there something that I kind of think I should be enjoying but I'm not really enjoying or it's it's quite unhelpful in some ways. Probably very similar to you Georgia for me I, I don't think I'll particularly change what I consume but perhaps the proportions I, I noticed that consuming Christian content made my my mood better it helped me in my walk with God it 
it put me in a better place to to go about my day and i think I, i'll be more mindful of consuming christian content more deliberately and given i have a whole bookshop of christian books i don't really have an excuse they don't literally belong to us we've bought enough what <laughs> not like the cows then we don't have any cows at the moment it's just a field oh, of god i'm guessing it's going to be some kind of crop but i'm not sure what yet yeah not clear and on that very important note, I think we're probably out of time here at The Anvil. If you've enjoyed listening, please do consider subscribing to the podcast. You can find us at churchesbookshop.im and scroll down to click on the link for The Anvil podcast. We are also on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash The Anvil. And we're available on most major podcast sort of places. My podcast words are, places. My words are broken. Podcast places. We are all very tired. Not as tired as last week, noticeably. Yeah, no silent bat impressions so far. I thought that impression was very good. And on that note, that's Linda. That's Georgia. That's Andrew. And we've been the Anvil Podcast from Church's Bookshop. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>